Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris, a free online ministry brought to you by none other than the Holy Trinity. I'm Chuck Christie, and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each week as Derek shares wisdom and truth from God's Word, essential messages from God's own heart directly to you. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, you can hear this program anytime on Derek's host page on talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here's Derek with today's message. Hello, brethren, and welcome back to MTOV, Melchizedek's Tabernacle of Victory. And today we are going to enter into part three of our series here regarding community restoration through gleaning. The title is called Then and Now. And the base scripture for our readings and study today will be out of the book of Ruth, chapter 4 and verse 7. Chapter 3 reads, starting in verse 1, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast, behold, he windoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she will. And she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this opportunity yet again to enter into your presence to receive your word. We pray, Lord God, that you will continue to bless us now with your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May every heart be continue to be receptive and every mind alert. And I just pray, Father, that you will bless tremendously in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we yield, humble, and submit to your leading. Have your way in Jesus' name. All right, my brethren. So again, this title is Then and Now. And we are on part three. And we are going to discuss family development. It's going to be a recap of some of what we talked about previously. But in family development, there are two types of families. Now, we're going to touch in on one, but we're going to go to the next one. Um, the very first one, it is known as strangers, strangers. And that means that someone that is not in the kingdom of God, someone that are not following after his ordinances, it is a bloodline or people that is seen wicked according to the word. Those are the ones that are profane and unholy and corrupt and polluted. Those that are seen worse than an illegitimate child, a child of incest within the forbidden degrees of kinship. Kinship. That is the wicked bloodline. That is the wicked family structure. You know, uh, sometimes you may hear like illegitimate child or bastard child and things of that nature. It simply means that they are not following after the ways of God. So moving forward, Deuteronomy chapter 23 and 2 says, A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And it's simply because they are profane. They are violators of the holiness of God. They are corrupt and they do not even seek his righteousness, his standards of living. There is no redemption for them. This was all before the law. Well, pardon me, before the period of grace, of course. But those that are not walking in the ways of God are considered bastards, strangers, wicked. They are enemies of God. And we're talking more so to the sinful state here. Because we know that God loves everyone, but he loves those and the provisions are for those that are walking in the obedience of him, those that are seeking him, those that are called of him and bear and bore the blood of Jesus spiritually pumping within their veins, the children of God. The next thing we want to talk about, the next family, of course, leads us right into that. And that is the members that walk in the righteousness of God, who and by the grace that Jesus Christ has provided us, and this is what this particular class is about today with this community restoration through gleaning. It is family development. So looking at the book of Ruth, chapter four and seven, it's really going to highlight uh, our kinsman redeemer. And it reads that now this was the manner in the former time in Israel concerning redeeming 
and concerning changing for to confirm all things a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor and this was a testimony in Israel now looking over that scripture we find that the word neighbor was used and it simply means that it is a friend someone that has a companion someone that's in your fellow bloodline your kinsman someone that you are related to and we know that from previous study Jesus always loved his friends so Boaz in this particular passage he demonstrated the attributes of Christ by understanding first the word of God and the laws of God and he operated and moved accordingly in the wisdom of God. It was a foreshadowing of the grace of God that was bestowed unto we, the children of God. So as we also look, um, in order to understand this passage, we have to understand what are the laws concerning human relations during this passage, during this time period. And if you go to book of Deuteronomy chapter 25, you will find words in verses 5 through 10 that reads this. If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry with, without unto a stranger. A husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her and it shall be that the firstborn which shall bear it shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. And if the man like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of the, his city shall call him and speak unto him. And if he stand it to it and say, I like not to take there here. Then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders and loose his shoe from off his foot and spit in his face and shall answer and say, so shall it be done unto that man that would not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel, the house of him that hath his shoe loosed. Wow, that is a dangerous and serious passage there about the laws that govern the children of Israel pertaining to, in essence, redemption okay so you see the house of the unsandaled is another name for the house of him that hath his shoes loose and what that really means is there that person that brother so let me be a little more clear so you can have a wife and you can have brothers if the spouse to the wife dies then according to the law the Jewish law here, the Hebrews follow, that the firstborn becomes legally the heir. He has the opportunity to adopt 
to receive the wife and all the um, the wealth and the property and the inheritance of his brother. So his brother's name won't fade out, but he has a uh, obligation to stand there so that his brother's name will remain. But this can only be done if the brother did not bear child with his wife. And in this case, it was very much true that um, Ruth did not have a child. And we know that uh, Kalon was her husband that passed over in the uh, country of Moab. And so because of that and the laws exist, um, Ruth was up for she needed to be redeemed. She wanted favor. That's why all the gleaning was going on, if you recall. She wanted Boaz, and Boaz knew that there was one more closer than he was, and he expressed that to her and shared it. So she had to go and receive. He had to go and talk with the first kinsman. All right? So being unsandaled simply means that you have no claim, no authority, your refusal of supreme power and possession, the dissolution of property and inheritance. So uh, another thing I like is the fact that Boaz, he's, he was a demonstration, an example also of an advocate, because according to the law in Deuteronomy, Ruth could have went until the elders and inquired to the first kinsman herself. But she didn't, simply because, as we were reading early in the beginning of the scripture, she was following the instructions of Naomi, her mother-in-law, who gave her a set of clear instructions what she needed to do. And then Boaz, in return, gave her a set of instructions. And she humbled herself. She submitted to the authority of the man that what she desired to be her husband, her kinsman, her redeemer, if you will. Um, to be restored back into the virtue and the grace of that bloodline to redeem not only her, but a mother-in-law as well. And that's a beautiful thing here because Ruth wanted Boaz and Boaz wanted Ruth, but Naomi was before her. And I want you to go back and read the story, but that was a, uh, um, a beautiful courtship that went on in the book of Ruth in the third chapter, and we'll get to that. But um, it says also, no, I was reflecting about what happens when a person receives that decides to step to the plate, if you will, and receive uh, the law to redeem his brother's wife to restore, to receive the fullness, the property, the authority over that so his name can live. And if they didn't, you know, um, they took off a shoe and declared it before the judge and elders, and they had witnesses. They would take off their sandal and either pass it along to the uh, the brother, the next one in line, the next person in line to for marriage, but if the woman challenged them and went to them, um, if they did not accept, you know, the woman was spit in the guy's face because at that particular moment, he was in violation of the law. And that is one of the most degrading things that could happen. And it says, 
He spit in his face. He was full of shame. It was a mark of sin, corruption, unholy, and cut off from God because the law of God was not fulfilled. So in Matthew's 26 and verse 67, it got me to thinking. I remember when they spit in our Lord and Savior's face. And the Lord was telling me it was that is why that happened, because they didn't acknowledge him that, that Jesus was the son of God and that he was the redeemer. He was the Messiah. And they mocked him and they considered him unholy. And according to the law, and, and that's another thing that just like amazing. It's like they knew of the law. I mean, who didn't? That was the thing that went on. They had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and messages were the lessons of life were passed on and the word was all around them. So they spat in Jesus' face saying that you're not the Holy One of Israel, you foul creature. You know, they they considered him a, blasph a blasphemer and uh, they disrespected him, degraded him in front of everyone. But verse 67 in chapter 26 read, Then they did spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands. So here you are striking the very holiest thing that God can give us for redemption. And you know, we do the very same things when we willfully, in our own stubbornness, our own ignorance, Whatever, when we do not yield humble and submit to the Spirit of God, when we do not apply the principles of God's words in our lives, when we do not embrace the grace that God has given us, every single time we commit sin is we spit in the very face of God. We buffeted him. And, you know, it's like we the same way. Jesus was abused and suffered for us. We do the same thing. We're repeating this act every single time that we do not yield, humble, and submit, embrace God's word. We are spitting in his face. That is a very unpleasant thing. So going on to Book of Ruth in the third chapter, verses three through four, this here, you can see the preparation and the uh, the process for courtship. Courtship meaning that Ruth wanted to marry Boaz and he wanted to marry her. So Naomi had told her to wash her foot, therefore, and anoint thee. Symbolically, that's when we get into the word of God to be purified and cleansed in the blood of the lamb by the word of God. And the anoint thee portion is we are, go into prayer and that we yield to the Spirit of God. And the Bible says and teaches us that the prayers of the righteous are as a sweet smell aroma unto God. So we end the word, we are in the prayer, and that thy raiment's upon thee and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Verse 4 say, and it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee 
what thou shalt do. Total trust and dependency is where um, Ruth found herself. The, the uncovering of the feet, you know, again, the sandals were removed. There was no more claim. There was no more authority. Sandals and feet represents power. So she laid down at his feet. She submitted unto the power of God, the law of God, that she may receive her kinsman redeemer. Further on down in verse 18, this is where I like when God, our advocator, then said she, sit still, my daughter, talking about Naomi, giving Ruth some more instruction, until thou knowest how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the things this day. Sit still, rest and trust and confidence that Boaz is going to return as your kinsman redeemer. He advocated. So if you recall the story, go back and read that Boaz presented the case until the nearest kin. The nearest kin didn't want to give up anything. And so Boaz said, hey, because at first he was going to say yes, because, you know, Ruth, I mean, not Ruth, but Naomi was there. He was willing to do that. But when he didn't want to get married because he felt like it was going to mess up his inheritance and everything that he had already in place. So he gave over his rights over to Boaz and Boaz had to challenge and remind him of the law and presented his case saying, hey, not only do you have to um, do this to redeem Naomi's right, but you're going to have to take the Mobitis as well, uh, Ruth. And he he just simply gave it all up and allowed Boaz to uh, step up to be the kinsman redeemer. So there in verse 18, you see that Boaz operated as an advocate on our behalf. For Ruth at that time, spiritually speaking, Jesus advocates for us every single day. The blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. He was the perfect sacrifice. He advocated for our sins that we may be redeemed to God. And then as you continue to read the passage, you will see that after that portion was done, this is a beautiful thing. That was the act of consummating the consummation. And Boaz and Ruth, known they began they knew each other in other words they consummated their marriage they went through that they made it official before god it was final it was finished meaning just as jesus said on the cross it is finished so that whole process to redeem mankind was a, was foreshadowed from the act that boaz performed when he redeemed Ruth, glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. In chapter 4, verse 13 through 17 said, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. You know, that was that personal and intimate relationship. It's a place where we learn God. We learn of the Trinity through and by Christ, our Redeemer. And as the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, it says that he gave her conception. 
That is what is conception. It is in the blood. Yes, the life of God that was in the blood in which she became impregnated with the word of God. In this case, she bore a son whose name means obey. Obed means an, a servant or worshiper. And, and that is another level of service unto God. So the God has shown us, if you want to, the attributes that are shown within those that have been redeemed or those that are obedient to his word, those that seek him diligently, those that follow those instructions out, and those that partake, as we studied earlier, in communion with the Lord, to find grace and find favor, she went from, Ruth went from being a stranger to a friend to a bride. Glory to God. And then so in that, she had, she became impregnated and she bore um, Boaz a son named Obed. And we know that Obed is the, uh, the grandfather of David, King David. And it's the same bloodline in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came through. And you can check out the genealogies and record that's found in the book of Gospels of Matthews and Luke. You will find that recording. Okay. But verse 14 says, and the woman said unto Naomi, the women said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which have not left thee this day without a kinsman that his name may be famous in Israel, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine own age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons have borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women of her neighbors gave it a name, saying, There is a son born unto Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. So God's grace, glory to God, supersedes the law of the land that was demonstrated with the union with Boaz and Ruth. And of course, we saw that even Naomi was redeemed through this whole process. That's God's extended grace and love unto us. Romans chapter 6 and 14 says, For sin should not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Derek will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. You can hear this message in its entirety again online as well as Derek's entire archive on his host page at talknetworkradio.com. This show has been brought to you by Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory, a subsidiary of Creative Empowerment of Hampton Roads, LLC, out of the beautiful state of Virginia. To contact us, or if you'd like to receive the complete notes and references for today's message, please write us at mtovonline at gmail.com. That's M-T-O-V-O-N-L-I-N-E at gmail.com. M-T-O-V-Online at gmail.com. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman King James Study Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, here is Derek to wrap up today's message. 
So today's lesson, it talked again, just a quick recap about the family dynamics, family development. The number one point was, if you're not with the Lord, you're found, your family is found as strangers. You're found to be as wicked and that you're violators of the word of God. You're living a profane, a profane and unholy life. You're living as children of incest, children of darkness, and you're not in the ways of God. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and 2 states that. And then it moves forward to friends and family, those that are walking in the righteousness of God. And the whole divine intervention in which our kinsman redeemer was revealed to us through the word of God and how the laws structured and set everything in place. That meaning it shows how the grace of God supersedes the law of the land. Glory to God. So tonight's message, today's message is very brief, but it covers all the pertinent things that pertains to family development from the uh, also including courtship. We talked about advocacy. We talked about the power that's around the consummation of everything, how it solidifies the will of God to redeem and restore mankind. It talks about um, the conception of God's word in which we grow through and by his grace that sin has no dominion over us. For we are not under the law, but under the grace of God. Father, we just thank you so very much for your word. We thank you and, and praise you for what you have given us to reflect upon. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, just continue to allow your word to meditate and soak deep within our minds and within our hearts that we may continue to gain more enlightenment, Lord. I pray that you will bless us as we continue our study, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just simply give you the praise, give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So family, I know tonight I am very pleased and blessed by the almighty God for what he has shared, giving us yet a clear and deeper understanding of the love story between Boaz and Ruth and how Naomi played a part. You know, Naomi was giving out those instructions. That's wisdom. That comes from knowing the word of God, even in her fallen state at the time, by her acts of instruction and governance to Ruth, she found herself back in good graces with God. Hallelujah. So, Lord, again, we thank you. Brethren, until next time, there is another part. Part four is coming up, and it's going to address the royal priesthood. I'm really looking forward to that. And also, it's going to cover community. Remember, we started out about uh, social engineering and how it breaks and divides our society, and especially within the body of Christ. So we're coming back, and the Father is going to show us the closing, wrapping up portion of how do we, as a community, receive this restoration through his process of gleaning. Until next time, I love everyone. Stay blessed. Thank you, Derek. 
Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. For Derek and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory. Have a blessed and prosperous day.